Hey everyone, I just wanted to take a minute to talk about the Eufy Video Lock. It's a smart lock that's really easy to set up with just a Phillips screwdriver and no extra drilling. It's got a keyless entry, so you don't need to worry about fumbling with the keys when your hands are full. Also, you don't need to worry about handing out extra keys when you're in a pinch, your kids losing them, or people copying the key and passing it around to each other. Something else I like about the Eufy Video Lock is that it has a camera built in and it works as a doorbell as well. Personally, I think the Eufy Video Lock is great for apartments or cottages where you can't necessarily add extra holes for a video doorbell. My favorite part about it though is that there isn't a monthly fee and your recordings are locally stored, so you don't have to worry about someone else owning your doorbell data. You can find it on Amazon, or if you want to know more, search Eufy Video Lock, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock, or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each, then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And welcome to the Home Mrism Podcast. My name's Phil. Joining me as usual, I've got Rohan. Hey, Rohan, how you doing? Hey, good. And today we're joined by Jasper. How's it going? Hi, good. How are you? Good, thank you. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Before we get started, this episode of the Home Mrism Podcast is sponsored by Home Mrism Cloud by Nabucasa. Easily access your local home assistant instance remotely for a small monthly fee that supports the home assistant and the ESP home projects. Configuration is done via the user interface, so no fiddling with router settings, SSL certificates, or any YAML. Jasper, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Um, whereabouts in the world are you joining us from? Well, uh, I'm uh, in the Netherlands, um, one of the places I think uh, home assistant started. That's right. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Paulus, founder of Home Assistant, home grown in the Netherlands, I believe. Uh, yeah. And now <laughs> yeah. lives in the US. But yeah, there you go. So yeah, that's good. And then, of course, in our last episode, we just had uh, Frank on as well. So yeah, very, I think the Netherlands has a special place for Home Assistant. Yeah. Um, and just home automation as a whole, too. There's a lot of cool companies out there that are doing a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Like, I think it's uh, well, the Scandinavian countries where they get all the cool home automation stuff. Like, the mm. seem to be uh, local first and, and all that, or really have, like, open APIs looking at you picnic for grocery orders. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, lovely. yeah, how did you uh, get here today? Like, where did you start off with home automation and home assistant? Well, actually, uh, at first I started with uh, Domotics. I don't know if you guys know that. Yeah, uh, I do. Yeah. It's also Mm -hmm. a Raspberry Pi based program. And um, I had a lot of uh, crashes with that, with the SD card. And then a friend of mine said, well, you should take a look at Home Assistant. And so I did. But then as well, SD card crashes. So I've been hopping around a bit between uh, Domotics and uh, Home Assistant in the first couple of years. But since I think 2017, 2018, I uh, 
adopted home system and uh, never went back. Nice. Yeah, I remember using nice. um, Demotics just before I started using Home Assistant uh, and I was only using it to basically control or set the settings against some of my Z-Wave devices for uh, like the, when I was using the USB uh, stick, the very old, the very first yeah. version of the USB stick. And yeah, like for whatever reason, um, Demotics had a better uh, configuration um, of Z-Wave devices. Yeah, in the beginning the they had system. for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I think uh, Home Assistant, yeah. Eventually and the, the Z-Wave project sort of, yeah, really took over from that. But yeah, no, it was a great little system. Um, I think it's still actively developed too. I think so too. I, I, I've never looked back, but, um, mm. I mean, I used it for Z-Wave as well, um, just for some motion sensors and stuff like that. Yep. Exactly. But, uh, yeah. I never looked back. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah it looks that. like it is. I'm just looking at, uh, the GitHub last, last update was yesterday. So oh, really? yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Recent. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's cool. It. So yeah, you start out with uh, Demotics and where do you go from there? Like, and then you get on Time Assistant? Well, yeah, I, I started with Demotics uh, just to, uh, to, to use some motion sensors. I had a recording studio at that time mm-hmm. and um, I had a very long hallway and I wanted to, um, to put off the lights, put on the lights when there was nobody there. So um, the switches were far away. So I decided, okay, let's put, it, put in something to, uh, yeah. to trigger that. And, and that's how everything started. And when I um, came across Home Assistant, uh, because of a friend of mine, um, everything went completely crazy because the amount of integrations, even at that time with Home Assistant, was ridiculous. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. Uh, it was a fest for me. And um, I still use a lot of, a lot of different integrations. Um, but um, when we uh, decided to uh, buy a house, Everything um, in this house where I live right now, everything is controlled uh, via Z-Wave dimmers. Um, and lately, I'm starting to switch over to a lot of ESP home uh, stuff, just because okay. of yeah, the fun of nice. it. Yeah. Any and, custom and, stuff? Um, well, I, I build a, a, a brewery. Uh, so I, um, I brew a lot of beer because yeah, for fun Why not? and yeah. everything that I do seems to get out of hand very quickly. So, yeah. um, I decided to build my own PLC system ish with ESP home. And that's just amazing because all the data that, um, I need and all the controls, uh, everything's in there. So that's, yeah. that's uh, re- truly amazing. That's so cool. Yeah, I used a lot of um, Raspberry Pi systems, but they couldn't really communicate with Home Assistant because I wanted to have the long-term storage. Yeah. And especially now with the long-term uh, history stats or what is it, that's, that's going to be my lifesaver. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So when we, when we uh, moved um, in here around the same time, I uh, became a um, uh, technical director of a hotel. Nice. And we use a KNX six system there, um, okay. and it's pretty good. It works properly, but the UI was horrible. And the way you have to make automations in uh, the UI, at least, is very difficult. Yeah, um, yep. you can program into the uh, KNX devices themselves, but um, you do have to u- uh, to use a specific software for that. Yeah, I do own a license for that, but. Um, if you want to change something, you have to flash every device again, and it's a oh. little bit of a hassle. So yeah, that's where my uh, 
extreme came in and I decided to put in home assistant in the hotel. Oh, yeah, wow. That's cool. Had, yeah. Wow. Yeah. KNX must be like a pretty popular system because we had um, like Philip um, back in May that yeah, he had a, did his whole house in uh, KNX, right? So, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty, uh, in, especially I think in Europe, it's pretty popular, but yep. um, I, I don't have it in my house because it's pretty expensive, but if yeah. you build something new, it's, it's very doable. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's, it's like a proper, like professional grade supported, like, like, I think you can pay for like enterprise grade support and stuff. Can't you? I, I thought that's, that was the case. Yeah. 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 But I decided to do everything myself because, yeah. the fun, because of the fun of it. It was yeah. already installed mostly, but um, we try to uh, renovate hotel rooms pretty much every year. Some hotel rooms, not everything, of course, but yep. yeah, every hotel room now almost have has a, a KNX system in there. Very cool. Very it's nice. Very nice. So, in terms of so, I have uh, Ram probably spends more times in in hotel rooms than me, but uh, <laughs> like in terms of from the guest experience. How does having like what changes like compared to a non-KNX control room? Like what differences would I notice as a guest going into one of these rooms? Well, we, we try to uh, build the hotel room so you don't have uh, the experience of being in a smart room or something. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we try, we have uh, normal um, uh, switches to control the lights. We have a display to, for you to control the temperature. Um, yep. so, um, we've, we still have a lot of old people or, uh, people who are not used to, uh, smart houses or whatever. So we yep. try to keep it as simple as possible, but behind that is, uh, all the smart stuff. So they don't even notice that it's there. That's yeah, great. Fantastic. That's the best way it is. Yeah. 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 yeah I mean, Phil and I have had that kind of philosophy since we've always talked about that, right? Like, it's like, like the, if if your grandmother came in there, would they be able to use it kind of thing, right? Like yeah, yeah. Mine, mine's not, te- my grandmother's not technical at all. So it's, it's, would she be able to use it? Right. Like it's that, that's kind of the, which is awesome. Yeah. It's, it, that's great. And, um, I think that, uh, the hotel rooms, the, what, what I do there is, uh, mostly control their temperature, um, mm-hmm. because hotel guests, uh, leave the room and they leave the windows open, for instance, and yeah. we don't want to, uh, to heat these rooms, for instance, if uh, the the rooms are uh, the windows are open, yep. or uh, if they're not present in the hotel room, uh, we can see that with the the card that's next to the door, right? Um, and that's what triggers uh, mostly temperature uh, automations. Nice. Yeah. So yeah, when you cool. get to the room, it's always around the same temperature, so it's always comfortable for everybody. That's cool. And and now, so that's all. KNX driven by Home Assistant, you said? Well, it used to be pretty much KNX doing its thing. Yeah. Um, but you get some limitations because yeah. uh, KNX isn't very smart in the way that it's looking to the outside temperature. Yeah. It's not looking at the, uh, let's say, the availability uh, right. of the room. And uh, so that's where I try to, uh, to come in with Home Assistant and uh, look at the outside temperature and uh, with some clever notifications, when rooms are uh, the windows are opened at a specific time, for instance, that we uh, we can go in and close the windows. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's cool. So, do you, you have don't like any energy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I yeah bet. absolutely. And do you have like a like 
an overview dashboard that you can see like, you know, where you need to focus your attention. Like, okay, this room's unoccupied, the window's open, like this needs attention, go and yeah. do that. Well, I have a dashboard per room. Um, mm-hmm. And that's what my uh, uh, colleagues can see as well uh, at the f- uh, front desk. Yep. So uh, if um, guests have problems with heating or cooling or whatever, uh, a lot of times people do not um, understand what they're doing. So uh, right. if they uh, take out their hotel key with them, well, yeah, then then we turn off the AC or we turn off the heating and we keep it at a stable temperature. And we can see uh, they can see a log of what's happening at that uh, system. Uh, and yeah. then they can adjust or they can tell them, for, okay, I see you uh, left the window open. That's why uh, you're not heating your room. Wow, that's cool. And is this all Home Assistant dashboard like that the yes. staff yes. have access to? Very nice. This is all Home Assistant dashboard, yeah. And how, and then, how what's the propensity for overriding stuff? So let's say let's say I wanted to, hey, I want it to be super hot in here and I want to keep my window open or whatever, right? Like, Well, the good thing about KNX is that you can uh, put in hard code that if you open the window, then nothing is going to happen. So right. that's, that's, that's great. Um, nowadays, I, I put that in Home Assistant so that if you uh, open the window, that Home Assistant says, okay, we're not going to heat it here mm-hmm. um, because I want to have uh, personally the availability to, uh, to override that. So I can heat the room with the window open if, if needed. Right. Okay. But that's for the, the guys at front office. They can't do that. <laughs> sure. Sure. That's an override for. Yeah. And how do you yeah. control that? Like, so that you have access to that? Cause I know home assistant apparently doesn't really have, you know, permissions per se. Like, is it just hidden by views or. Yeah. At the moment it's, it's by views. And, um, it's funny that you, uh, brought that up because I think it was just a couple of episodes ago that, yeah. the, uh, that <laughs> we were talking about this. Was, yeah. And, and there was a very uh, spot on, uh, point about the guy. I, I don't remember his name, but it was, uh, amazing. I, that's exactly what I wanted to, uh, to have the, the ability to, um, give users, users permissions to certain st- stuff that yeah. would be amazing. Yeah, because I think, yeah, yeah, that was with the zero trust episode at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's um, there's always the search button on the dashboard, right? Um, so mm-hmm. I'm guessing you know if you're just hiding the climate entity, um, then there's nothing stopping a staff member from hitting that search yeah. button and finding the climate entity and exactly. overriding it themselves, right? Yeah. Um, well, it's, it's going to be difficult for them because the coding of the entities is a bit difficult for them, <laughs> I think. But uh, it would yeah. be possible, yeah. 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 And do because, uh, you know, does each staff member have their own access to the system or? Uh, no, um, I have um, access for front office yeah. and uh, I have uh, an access account for uh, the staff in the restaurant because then yep. they could control the lighting in the restaurant if they want. Um, nice. Right. And then I have uh, for myself and for uh, other managers. Yeah, cool. So, so I do you use see. the kiosk mode so that they don't mm-hmm. actually see the top bar. Uh, yep. And it makes something like, it looks like an, a, a proper app, you know, so that uh, with, the, yeah. with the mushroom cards, you have the, the nice looking buttons to go back and, and forth. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so they, uh, 
they have to uh, go quickly through the dashboards to to get to all the hotel rooms they need. But uh, it's a total different view than what I personally use. Nice. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's nice. But I mean, it's it's just the beginning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Beginning. I like it. What your grand plans? Like, have you got a roadmap of what you want to sort of unleash or can take, like home assistant take over or get integrated into with the hotel? Well, at the moment, I'm trying to 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 create an integration with our uh, property management system, mm-hmm. so I can uh, truly see uh, if uh, a room won't be used for a couple of days or something like that. That um, I can turn everything off. Um, because we are a, a hotel next to uh, the Netherlands' biggest national park. Um, we try right. to be very eco-friendly and try to conserve as much energy as we can. And um, so this is one of my biggest goals to try to decrease our uh, energy usage. And um, we now have a, a big PLC system in our uh, hotel. Right. And um, I think a lot of PLC systems are very closed um, with no proper connection possibility to uh, home assistant. So I'm now trying to experiment with some uh, ESP home uh, modules as well to uh, take over control. <laughs> nice. Because, cool. I mean, with all the uh, heating, uh, with all the uh, water uh, usage, gas and whatever, I mean, everything would be controllable using ESP home. Yeah. So do you, do you do a lot of that at home as well in your home? Uh, yeah. Like bringing those same concepts that, the, that you're doing professionally at the hotel and things like that, bringing that here into your house? Well, actually, it works pretty much the other way around. I think I, I yeah. start with an idea and I, I try it out at home. Um, yeah. With every release, actually, I do that. So every release I update at home first test everything and then bring it to the hotel. Right. Um, and with new ideas as well. So uh, the funny thing is because of the breweries, pretty much a PLC system, um, how I use it. So a lot of knowledge I gain there, I can use to uh, create a PLC-ish system in the hotel. Right, right, right. Okay. That's kind of cool. Yeah, it's lovely. Considering that the... Um the hotel is pretty much a very production environment. How yeah. often do you release uh, or update the home assistant release at the hotel? Like we're on a monthly release cycle. Would you say you would give it until a dot point release is being released or do you wait, you know, a whole month, like you're a month behind just to ensure that, you know, bugs have been ironed out? How do you manage that? Well, normally um, I start uh, updating at home with the dot one release. Mm-hmm. And then with the dot two or dot three release, I uh, update the hotel. Yep. And this month is a bit different because I was so excited about the long-term history. Uh, yes. Yeah. Because I, I'm not, I, I used to record uh, 365 days. Uh, and that's terrible for reboots, yeah. for updates, backups, and mm-hmm. whatnot. So uh, they're both now running on the dot zero. Nice. Take a bit okay. of a leap of faith. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and do you find um, that you have to have like a, a staging or a test? Like, do you have like a, a window where you do the update? Like, are you worried about the home system being down while you've pushed an update out? Like, how do you manage I used to that? be. 
I used to be very, very scared when I pressed the update button, but yeah. <laughs> now actually not anymore. I think this year, especially 23 is, uh, yeah. it's amazing for the updates. It's, uh, so very stable. It's yep. uh, amazing. And how many rooms is currently running through premises? So we have 39 hotel rooms, uh, two yep. swimming pools, uh, a couple of saunas, uh, the entire wow. restaurant and, uh, a couple of, uh, uh, how do you say that? Boardrooms. Nice. Yep. And everything yeah, like is controlled rooms, by home yeah. assistant and KNX pretty much. Ah, great. And what's home assistant running on in terms of hardware at the hotel? Like, is it just a Raspberry Pi in a closet somewhere or have you got something a bit more? I tried that, <laughs> but it's, uh, it's getting, uh, slow pretty quickly. Then I now run it on a I seven surfer yeah. and, um, it at the moment only has eight gigs of Ram, but, um, that works pretty good. That's amazing. Nice. Do you, uh, what do you do for like a uh, availability kind of thing? Like what, what happens if home assistant goes down for whatever, whatever reason? Well, then, then I'm going to be in a panic now. I'm, yeah. <laughs> uh, because of KNX, uh, right. the probability that it, uh, when it goes down, uh, the core functionality is still, still there. So the guests uh, do not yeah. have the experience uh, that it's down. But um, I mean, in the restaurant, I, I use adaptive lighting in Home Assistant mm-hmm. to control the lighting. So it, it will probably stay at one setting for that moment. Okay. I mean, when it's down, I'll be probably up and running within an hour yeah. because I have a backup system standing there waiting if necessary. Nice. So in the restaurant, what does adaptive lighting look like? Are you changing color temperatures or brightness? Just brightness. Yeah. So the, uh, the adaptive uh, lighting um, integration from, uh, via hacks, it's, it's mm-hmm. amazing. But I mean, I'm using 24 zones at the moment. So that's pretty intensive, yeah. Uh, but it's uh, it looks amazing because you don't have uh, the feeling that the light changes any moment of the day. That's cool. That's amazing. Yeah. And anything else that's like controlled in the restaurant as a, in terms of versus a hotel room that would be like interesting to know about? Well, actually, not that much in the. Um, in the restaurant, we uh, do have a, a ventilation system that uh, mm-hmm. is controlled via the, the the old, let's put it, old PLC system. So I'm yep. going to take that over one day, but uh, I do measure uh, the CO2 levels and humidity temperature uh, just for monitoring reasons at the moment. Yeah, very nice. And does all of this go back into some kind of like an energy dashboard? You're measuring... Are you measuring any of that kind of stuff or? Yeah. Yeah. We, we do measure that. We, we are, uh, obliged in the Netherlands to, uh, in our size of company to measure yeah. every energy, uh, you use. And, um, yeah, we measure everything. Very cool. Okay. That's interesting. So there's a, like a legal obligation that you have to measure yeah. this energy. Yep. And does home assistant give you enough information or enough uh, certainty that you can use that as your reporting for legal purposes? Well, um, I had an inspection like last year of, about this and mm-hmm. they were surprised about the detail that I'm measuring energy because yep. um, a, a lot of normal systems, they report every 15 minutes or something. 
right. because right. you can watch real time. It's uh, much more accurate. You can see what's really happening instead of, oh, 15 minutes ago, we had a, a spike of energy. And we'll try to find that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, wow, that's cool. So yeah, the like home assistant uh, is giving you like real time data that you can then like report, like use to report it. That's yeah, cool. It reminds me of you know like how home, like the matter people are using home assistant to develop on matter because it's mm-hmm. following the standards. And now you know here you are needing to do this legal compliance for energy reporting, and home assistant can do a better job than the industry standard. You know, tools are out there that are doing every fifteen minutes or something. Yeah, and they're pretty expensive as well. I mean, <laughs> yeah. thousands of euros just for a system that monitors uh, energy, uh, gas, and water. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, seriously, I can, I see uh, different groups, different uh, sectors, uh, uh, charging stations. I can take everything out and, and, and look uh, the specific things, what they use. Yeah. That's much more su- efficient. That's really well. Yeah. If I was a guest and I was to plug, you know, like uh, something into the wall that was very high, you know, maybe I, for whatever reason, I bring my server along to your hotel and plug it into the wall and decide to run a server um, in your hotel room, would you be able to see, you know, room number 12 is using an abnormally high amount of energy? Do you have that particular view? Well, over no, we uh, measure just the... Um, um, industrial stuff uh, like the kitchen yep. like uh heating cooling uh, ventilation uh the swimming yep. pools uh, sauna stuff like that that's that's what the things we can measure um mm-hmm. because you you do not want to uh, uh judge your hotel guests if yep, they want to have right. a room of 25 degrees celsius be my guest because that's, <laughs> yeah. if they're comfortable yeah. then then i'm happy yeah yeah, that's fair. And and same thing with like using hair dryers and this and that. Exactly. And like you can't, where do you start? Stop nitpicking if you start there, right? It's, uh, yeah, we, we try to bring across that we try to conserve energy uh, as yeah. good as we can, but we don't want guests to feel, uh, yeah, uh, uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Especially sense. tourists and stuff like that. It's, it's, you want them to feel at home to some extent, right? So, yeah sure yeah so going back to your going back to your uh home what are your i mean you talked about some of how your the methodology that you use to try it at home do whatever there and then and then bring it over um so what other stuff do you do at home like what what are some um things that you monitor the things that you automate uh i try to to make the home um as ui less as possible Yep. Um, my girlfriend, she likes home system, but she doesn't like it as much as I do. Uh, <laughs> yep. She just wants the knobs to turn on the light, turn off the light if she needs. So yep. uh, she still has that. Uh, but um, I do like to automate. So I try to uh, put millimeter wave sensors now in every room. Uh, I tried the ES presence uh, Bluetooth detection everywhere. Yeah. Wasn't the very big hit for us. Okay. Um, Any particular reason why? It's uh, it's a bit slow, mm-hmm. and um, my girlfriend she sometimes wears her uh, watch and sometimes she doesn't. So yeah, uh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Yep. 
but it, 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 it should have been the perfect way because we have four cats. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I don't want them to trick uh, in um, the home. I don't want them to uh, trigger uh, the lighting uh, everywhere all day, right. all yeah. night. So, of course, we have the presence with the GPS uh, if we're home or not. But um, yeah. I'm now trying to uh, combine the millimeter wave with the PIR sensors and maybe the Bluetooth, whatever, to try and uh, keep it as uh, accurate as possible. Yeah. Does, does your millimeter yeah. wave sensors, uh, just again, as, as someone who hasn't used one yet at this point, uh, I know, Phil, you have. You haven't? I, I know, right? I know. I know. What's this guy stuck in the Stone Ages? What know, is he doing? I know, <laughs> I know. It, it takes a lot. It takes a lot. No. Um, so when you when you're doing that, um, how does it uh, like? Do you find that it triggers a lot on uh, your cats and stuff as well, or yeah. do you have it at a height where it's high enough that it won't? Or well, I um, now have them pretty much at uh, table level. Yeah, um, they're now just loose uh, with the ESP next to it because I'm mm -hmm. testing it out. But I'm I'm planning to put them in uh, behind the frames of the pictures. Yeah, um, that's cool. And um, have the uh, the picture frames around the house with the uh, millimeter wave sensors. And because they're uh, then naturally pointed up a little bit, I think yeah. that will help. Um, with the false positive angle of cats versus yeah. humans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, these these animals can jump pretty high and yeah. be very annoying, so yeah. there will be some false positives. <laughs> and you've got four of them, so it's <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, we I, uh, how... I, I recently put um the pressure sensors in the bed. Um yep. so when when we go to bed, then all the motion sensors and millimeter wave sensors go off. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um and then we can sleep good so uh yeah what pressure sensor did you use just out of curiosity was well, uh it's a i think it's a resistance band yep mm -hmm. like the strip i have some yeah somewhere. the strip and these these work pretty good yeah and it's just hooked into an asp and then straight yeah. into home assistant yeah yeah very nice yeah that's cool yeah, and and that uh, triggers the door lock as well. I I I know you guys have been talking about locks a lot of times. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. I uh, just recently with uh, Black Friday bought my first smart door lock. Nice. Ooh, what did you still choose? have to what get used to the sound? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the the lock yeah. in the middle of the night. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What well, what smart lock did you end up going with? Uh, I bought the locked. It's L O Q E D. Mm -hmm. uh, it's. I think it's a Dutch brand. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I don't think I've heard and that. How did that integrate with Home Assistant? Is it Wi-Fi based? Uh, well, I think it's a Bluetooth system, and it it's got its own hub, and the hub okay. can connect uh, to Home Assistant. I think it's uh, cloud dependent, though. I'm not 100 percent sure. Right. 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 Oh, look at that! Right on their website, it works with Home Assistant. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. See, this is what was what wasn't like uh, classic Netherlands, right? Like in yeah, European. Yeah. Like first thing you get it in home assistant. Um, and how does the how do you integrate with that? Look, is it fingerprints, pin code, keys? Well, it connects to your phone with a BLE, and mm -hmm. um, you then have to touch a little display that's on the outside of the lock, and then it opens. Okay. Uh, and you right. can program a, a pin code in there if you uh, if you're battery died or something or you right. can yep. uh 
I think that's it. Yeah. It's interesting. It and so, do you have the charm. ability to see? Yeah, do you have the ability to see who unlocked the door? Because like, I'm just trying to think. Yeah. If you both came home at the same time, and you've both got your phones in your pocket, and you touched it, who gets to say they open unlock the door? Ooh, never tried that before. I'm going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> just round robin. Who, whoever came up to the the Bluetooth first, I guess. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. 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 That's cool. Um, and yeah, I think with the millimeter wave sensors, it's really hard, uh, with pets, right? Because yeah. these things are designed to pick up, you know, breathing. So yeah. how you limit it to like with PIR sensors, you can just adjust the sensitivity, um, you know, but that's for, my target. You know, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, but that's so, why I thought the, the BLE was going to be, uh, amazing right. with the ES presence. Mm. I still have high hopes that it's going to be an ESP home as good as it is around ES presence. Uh, yeah, because yeah. I don't want to have two ESPs in every room. But yeah, exactly. um, with the BLE, I think um, with the combination of all three would be the best solution. Right. It's yeah. Well, you still run into the problem of leaving like my wife leaves her phone. She never has any idea where her phone is. Right. It'll be she'll be in one room. Phone will be in another room. Watch will be in a third room. Like, yeah. right. So it uh, th there are barriers to BLE. Right. So unless unless yeah. they are wearing like a like a wristband or something like that consistently. Right. Which is just unreasonable. I think. But yeah. Well, funny story about that. Um, there are very, very tiny BLE beacons, uh, yeah. built for hospital use. Yeah. And I, uh, bought a couple of those and I put these on the cats. So yeah. I disabled the motion sensors and the millimeter wave, uh, when there was just a cat in the room. Uh, so I that could so uh, cool. figure out how it works. It was fun. That's funny. What was, how did you find that? Like, was it accurate enough? Like, oh, yeah, they for... were very accurate. It was oh, called wow. Nanotag, I think. Yeah. Okay. Well, I could, I can look it up what it was. It was great, but they uh, have a battery life of about two, three months. Okay. And then you have to replace yep. them. So, and you just put it onto their like little harness or collar, whatever, yeah. or the, the collar. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Were pretty good. That's funny. I mean, two to three months battery life, that's pretty decent considering it's on 24-7 as a tracker, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's not bad. Although yeah, I do wonder, only... now that I'm thinking about it, could you use a tile instead? Um, the, the tiles are pretty the... large. Oh, so it's that, oh, is it that small? Is it because tile's pretty small? Is it yeah, it's, 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 it's tiny. It's like this. It's oh, wow. really, really small. Okay. All right, well, yeah, then I'm... More than happy with two to three months battery life if it's that only that's yeah. yeah. Just like a, a button cell battery in there? Yeah, I think so, but you can't replace the battery. It's uh, all integrated. Oh. Right. So okay. after two, so three months, you have to replace the entire thing. And I think it was about uh, $8 a piece. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. That can get costly. Man, I feel bad yeah. about the hardware wastage then. Like, then yeah. You're generating more that's e That's why I decided not to do that. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. But that's that's medical, right? It's it's yep. it is any medical use thing is it's typically one time use and and you chuck it, right? <laughs> that's yeah. it. Um, yeah. So hotels have a lot of 
CCTV video cameras around the place. Um, have you done anything with integrating that into home assistant at the hotel and or in, at your house as well? Have you considered maybe using cameras in the home to determine if there's a cat in a room or a person in a room? Well, I do have some cameras in the house, um, around the house pretty much, not not mm-hmm. in the house. Um, mm-hmm. Only in the brewery I have a camera because if something explodes there or something, then I can act on you it. You want to know, yeah. But uh, yeah. next to that, I, only outdoors. And in the hotel, we do have a couple of cameras, but um, not that much because there as well, you want to have the privacy of your hotel guests. At uh, That's prim- primary why we mm. decided not to put too many cameras there. Yeah, fair enough. But uh, one uh, a crazy um, thing that I I'm very happy about uh, home assistant uh, is because I lose I use a lot of energy at home as well. I drive an electric car. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. We do not have any natural gas in our house, um, so these houses are built uh, with a, a heat pump. We get we use a lot of energy, and that's why they decided uh, the, the the constructors decided to put a very uh, high uh, main fuse in here. So we have to pay like 900 euros a year extra just because we have uh, potential to use more energy. It's it's almost like an excise tax, right? It's like a luxury, Mm. like, hey, you have the ability to do this, you have to pay. Interesting. And and that's not not actually including the usage. That's just because you have it. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, wow. And and so we decided uh, when when we went in here, to um, let it, let them to degrade it, so put it a, a step lower, uh, yeah. just like a normal house would be. And um, I use Home Assistant to to manage the energy usage usage between the brewery, the car, dryer, and stuff like that. That if uh, something is getting too high, then I'm able uh, to shut it shut it out and uh, don't have any issues. <laughs> yeah. Right. So I'm guessing there's a cap then on how much energy your house can consume. Yeah, there is. Right. Right. And so then Homestead can say, okay, actually, you're going to use too much energy if you put all these three things on. I'm going to turn one off. Yeah. And then it decides what should be off because I have a priority list because uh, the brewery is always, of course, priority one. Yeah. And then the rest (laughs) has to follow. Of course. (laughs) Yeah. And I have to, uh, I had to put in the same system in the hotel as well, because we have, uh, um, we had two less energy. How, how do I say that? We had to use more energy than we had, uh, because mm-hmm. the government wants us to, um, reduce our amount of natural gas. Right. Uh, so we had to put in, uh, electric, uh, eaters for, uh, kitchen and electric ovens and stuff like that. Um, and there I had the same script that I tested at home to, uh, give priority to appliances there as well. So that works, worked great, but now we have a, a bigger connection thank God. So we can use more, uh, electricity. Nice. Yeah, right. Do you, uh, to automate all these things, do you use home assistant natively or do you use, uh, node red or anything? I did use node red in the beginning. Um, yeah. but since the UI, uh, automation possibility, I, yeah. I switched over because cool. yeah, Node Red is, is good, but it's, uh, for me, it's a little bit slow in some, in some cases. Interesting. Okay. And so you're using the UI to create those automations or are you then 
dumping them out to YAML? Like, how, what's your workflow? It's a bit of a combination. Mm-hmm. I do YAML yeah. and I do uh, the UI because if you, uh, if you, uh, sometimes you have to use YAML because the UI is not sufficient. Yeah, yeah. anything advanced yeah, or state attributes. Thank you. There it is. If you have there to use some attributes, then sometimes you need to use YAML. Yeah. Right, right, right. But it's getting better. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. That, that It's actually very interesting. I'm just trying to think about it because, again, like what you were saying earlier, sorry, I'm still like five minutes behind here. It's uh, <laughs> <laughs> when you're talking about the fact that you have uh, no natural gas in your home and stuff like that, right? It's all electrical, uh, electricity driven. So it's uh, like I'm just trying to imagine like for like because for us, we have natural gas for our fireplaces. I've got I think my water heater is natural gas, stuff like that, right? Mm. Yeah. Um but I guess your power grid is probably a lot more renewable than uh, than ours here. Even though we do have, I mean, for us, it's for where I am, it's primarily nuclear and and hydro. Um, so it's not terrible for what they say, but it's not like it's coal burning and that kind of thing. But it's still well, they still have a lot of debates about if it's the way to go here. Uh, yeah, sometimes they are talking about putting hydrogen through the gas pipes and that would be the way to go. But I'm, I, I don't know. I don't know. There's just, uh, the, the rules here are, yeah. say you have to build electric r- right now. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And I think I think it's slowly becoming around the world. I know where I'm living, they've just, you know, said by this date, you no know, new houses will have natural gas. Um, that's it. You know, everyone's trying to phase out of it. Do you have any solar power or anything like that at the home that you can? Yeah, at home we're completely neutral. I mean, nice. uh, thirty-one solar power uh, solar panels, and mm-hmm. we can. Uh, well, you, we we don't use everything ourselves because we don't have a battery right now. But yep. um, with uh, the rules now, we pay around uh, minus five euros a year. <laughs> Great, it's not bad. Well. Yeah. It's not bad. And that's yeah. with an electric car as well, like charging the car well, as well? Well, yeah, I do cheat a little bit right there because I charge uh, at the hotel most of the times because um, yep. of, because we're a big user, you have uh, lower prices. So it's mm-hmm. cheaper for me to charge at the hotel than it's to charge at home. Okay, there. yeah, that makes sense. Plus, you know, the car's sitting there for a few hours while you're at work anyway, so may as well. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. And then I guess it's not a, something you have to worry about in uh, your, you know, priority script as well, right? Like I'm not going to charge the car at home, so I don't have to, you know, turn off the beer tonight because I need to charge yeah. the car for tomorrow. Yeah, true. But I mean, the um, the car charger uh, is smart as well, so he can uh, it can see as well uh, if you're using that amount of energy. I have this oh, uh, capacity to use right. uh, to charge the car. It's going to be slow, but yeah, yeah okay, it. so the, there's like a, a two-way talking from the the car, so the car can say, okay, like, yes, this the house is using this much electricity, I can slow charge yeah. or I can fast charge. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I think a lot of people uh, use it like that. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Ryan, is that similar to how yeah. yours works? In theory. I, I've never actually tried it, <laughs> tested it. I just kind of use it, but I have had just my main bre- breaker pop once, so maybe not. 
It's while, oh, while really? I was running, running, uh, my dryer is still electric. So while I was running the dryer and I think probably the washer and the car had just been plugged in and yeah. all of that stuff. Uh, I think, I think I had a pop, my, my main had popped once, which is weird. Cause I have a 200 amp service coming to my house. Right. So that's just, it's a, it's decent. Um, and, uh, 200 yeah. amps, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh. When I, when I got the electric car, everyone was like, okay, make sure you have enough. Like one of my colleagues had to go get an extra, like he only had a hundred amp circuit in his home. So he, he paid the the power company to come out and deliver another hundred amp circuit to him, whatever. And, uh, yeah. And I looked in my basement I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. I guess I already have, <laughs> that's just what they built it with. Right. So I didn't, I didn't modify it or anything like that, but, uh, yeah, so maybe maybe my charger. I think it's supposed to be intelligent, but it's not. Um, right. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask. You talked about how you drive a lot of the lot of the automations and stuff in the hotel, but what about at home? Um, I know you said your your girlfriend's not a big. She doesn't want to go into the app and press buttons and stuff like that. Do you guys do voice at all? Do you guys uh, primarily try and do things through presence and? Well, we try to do as much through presence and motion. Yeah. Um, but uh, I now started to uh, try the voice. Yeah. Uh, because it would be very handy in the brewery to to shout that some pump has to be shut off or whatever. Right. That's where I still use uh, a display to uh, control it. Uh, that would be nice. So that's um, I'm experimenting with it right now. Nice. I have been in contact with, um, with you guys, or I mean, with, uh, the home assistant guys to, um, uh, to, to deliver my voice for a uh, home assistant voice. Yeah. But I mean, the script is so long. It's going to yeah. take a lot of time. <laughs> it would be very but nice to have... stream to myself. Put it out, put it out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Wow. Or just tricking yeah, your have... cats too. Yeah. 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 That's well, cool. I yeah, think I my how, girlfriend's like, gonna hate me. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder how like accurate it would be, right? Like, sure, like, is it going to be? Yeah, surely we'd be able to tell the difference. Right? But yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's that, that's gonna be interesting. So is that and that's like how long is that taking you to do? Like, are you still actively doing that, or have you finished it? Well, I'm I'm still uh, getting around it. I still I I think I've done 250 sentences right now. Right. But it's uh, intense, so uh, I took a break from it, but uh, I'll uh, get back to it soon, probably. And you're doing it for English or Dutch? Uh, no, 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 in Dutch. Nice, nice. Nice. Yeah, yeah because cool. I think there's many English versions already around. Yep. And um, you have the different resolutions, uh, and yeah. in Dutch there's only uh, a low resolution at the moment. So I right. thought this would be a good problem. Yeah, that's great. Oh, thank you for contributing. Like, yeah, people like Almost you doing it. Right? Not there yet. Not there yet. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. In terms of technologies like Z-Wave, Zigbee, Wi-Fi, BLE, everything. Um, do you, yeah, everything. Is there? Do you do you lean towards one? Like more a uh, higher preference towards something or the other? Or uh, well. Um, because I use the Fibaro uh, mm -hmm. Z-Wave dimmers, uh, nice. these these are amazing. Um, I do love them, and they are really responsive. So that's great. But for stuff like motion, 
Zigbee is a little bit quicker, I think. Yeah. Most of the most cases. Hundred percent. Um, but I'm now moving to the ESP Home version with the millimeter wave and the PIR in there. Cool. That's neat. So the ESP Home is Wi-Fi quicker. based. Is that, and that, yeah. you think that's quicker than Zigbee? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Wow, that's interesting. Even like a millimeter wave Zigbee sensor, you think like the ESP Home is quicker than that? Well, I haven't uh, tested uh, a Zigbee millimeter wave, but just okay. ESP Home. Yeah, but I mean yeah. the the ESP Home millimeter wave is quicker than my Zigbee motion sensor. So, fair, interesting. Yeah, I um I found that yeah the um the Zigbee uh just the PIR sensor I've got from Aquara can be really quick at picking up motion. Um, even. Um, I've got the Aquara FP1s and they have a enter and leave event. Um, and I think the infrared can pick up much quicker um, than just the enter event on the FP1. Um, oh, really? And I think, yeah, like um, I'm guessing millimeter wave sensors just just need that tiny little, like, yeah, for whatever reason, it can be a bit slower. I think there's a bit more processing that needs to be done on the on the unit um, for whatever reason. Um, but 100% Zigbee uh, motion or those events has been much faster than Z-Wave for me. Um, just walking into a room, like I think I was doing an experiment earlier in the year. Uh, I had a, a Z-Wave motion sensor and a, a Zigbee, both battery powered, um, right next to each other. And I would report in home, says, which one actually detected motion first. And it was always the Zigbee sensor. Uh, and it was, yeah. Well, like, yeah. Hmm. In, the, in the bathroom, I have got a Zigbee motion sensor. And even though... I think it's pretty quick. I'm going to be one and a half meters in before it uh, turns on the lights. Yep. So my girlfriend already has pushed the light switch before that. So right. I have to yep. be quicker than that. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, that's that's it. I've I always had the issue of uh, the light switches on the outside. So from a user's point of view, they're walking into the room. So before they get to the room, they push the light switch. Like. Or if they just yeah. into the room, the lights would come on for them, right? So how do I, how do I beat that? So did that, you disable right? them or? Uh, no, I don't want to disable switches because then the motion sensor doesn't work for whatever reason. Then I'm. Yeah, yeah you're back to darkness. Back to, exactly. Yeah. Right. Um, it's the yeah. design challenges of the smart home, right? <laughs> well, that keeps us from the street, you know. That's right. <laughs> That's true. That's funny. Um, I was going to say in your in your brewery, what other what other automation things are you doing in there? Well, um, because brewing beer in a normal day takes about seven hours, okay, give or take. Um, the uh, brewing cycle is dependent on a lot of temperature states and uh, time uh, variables. Because um, you have, uh, let, let's put it like that. Um, 50 minutes at um, 67C, and then you have to ramp up to a different temperature, et cetera, right. et cetera. Um, everything is controlled in the, in the ESP home. So if home yeah. system goes down, still does its thing because it's programmed in every step of the way. And then after that, you have fermentation for around a week. And there, all the temperature steps are uh, programmed in as well. So I just set it once. I load okay. it in once then, before the brew day, and then I, I I don't have to do anything just to control the pumps 
and uh, turn on or turn off the heating elements. Cool. Because that's and still a manual switch just for safety reasons. Right, right. And is there like different profiles for different types of beer or is it just like, is it kind of all beer use the same uh, no, I, methodology? At the moment, I have a, a configuration page that I just loaded in using some sliders and some checkboxes. Yeah. Um, so I loaded in on, on the brew day, I check the recipe and put everything in. Then yeah. I say load it up and then it um, it hides the configuration page as well. So I don't have the opportunity to mess anything up. Yeah. Nice. And then when I start brewing, then everything goes uh to the esp and uh, is programmed in very cool yeah that is until so, you put your voice part in and you say turn off something and it turns off some some money or uh, brewing elements or something like that yes. <laughs> well well that's funny because i yeah. i put the heating element it's a pwm uh, modulated uh, element yeah uh and so i uh decided to test the the voice and i say hey put on uh the lights in the brewery so the heating element went on yeah because yeah. it's now <laughs> configured as a light because there's no pwm input or right. something like that right 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 <laughs> so i had to um, create a different room that's called brew controller instead of brewery right or i mean the other thing you could just completely exclude uh the brewery pieces yeah, from voice if, if you don't want to use it, it. <laughs> right right or, or i mean you can do it through you can control it through just like scenes or scripts like that right yeah. so where you fire off a like turn on a input boolean and then that kicks off whatever other pieces you want that way it's a little maybe it's not as protected i guess but no yeah. but most things are controlled by input booleans and and stuff like yeah, that input yeah. numbers yeah that's as cool as a non beer drinker and this Very whole good. brewing thing has nothing to me. Uh, how well, you mentioned before, there's explosion risk. Like, what sort of explosion are we talking <laughs> about? Are we talking about like a whole room getting destroyed with beer everywhere, or like in a? Are we going to look at like a James Bond movie where like there's fireballs everywhere? Like, what, what explosion <laughs> risk are you worried about? <laughs> Well, uh, fermentation can be very vigorous. Um, mm -hmm. When fermentation happens, um, uh, the sugars get consumed by the yeast and they exclude alcohol and CO2. And the CO2 bubbles off. But if there is some sort of uh, blockage anywhere, something like that, it builds up a lot of pressure. So the vessel could... Uh, Right. Or erupt just because it, 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 it gets by the blockage or something, something weird can happen. Yeah. Have you had one of these? Mostly beer and yeast everywhere, then yeah. Nice. Yeah. And it hasn't happened yet or no, unfortunately not. <laughs> okay. But you never know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's never too late. <laughs> no. Is there like a way you can control that? Like I don't know, like how do you prevent like or is it just bad luck, you know? the recipe was bad well, um it's maybe it's a bit of bad luck bit of bad preparation maybe i don't know but mm. um the risk is always there so uh that's yeah. just the only reason why i put a camera there just to monitor if everything's yeah. going okay or that yeah. if you yeah. forgot to close a valve properly or something and everything is leaking you know that's yeah. uh, mm. never take any risks yeah any plans to like automate the process of you know being able to uh push a button in home assistant and it puts the right amount of ingredients in and 
to a certain recipe, sets all the temperatures up correctly, closes the valves up, and then just starts? Like, could you go to that level? It could, you could, I think. Um, just a couple of weeks ago, I was in a professional brewery that pretty much have that. Uh, I there decided that that would not be something for me because it's a, it's a little bit more fun just to to get the grains out by hand and mill everything. Yeah. So you do have a little bit of yeah uh, hand work there. You lose the term yeah. of the actual brewing process, yeah. right? Like it's it's yeah that makes it's sense. Not so hands on then. Yeah, that's fair. Mm-hmm. No, exactly. And this yeah. how I have it right now is already pretty ridiculous. So. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, at, th- at that point, you might as well just go to the store and buy some beer, right? It's, yeah, it's, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, it's not... I mean, I'm just thinking maybe you could get, like, chat GPT to come up with a recipe for you, you know, and just, like, you know, come up with a new beer flavor or, or something like that. Well, there is a, a, a podcast that, uh, or a YouTube show, I guess, who did that. I, I haven't watched it yet, but they did. Yeah. Oh, interesting. There you go. I don't know. I feel like I, I haven't tried a chat GPT recipe yet, whether for food or otherwise, but I, I don't, I, it could be really good or it could just be terrible. What are they <laughs> like? <laughs> but you'll, you'll have to let us know. Yes. For if you try it and, and you know, how did it go? <laughs> I will. I will. That's good. Cool. Oh yeah. The, yeah. the, the new to do. That's just going to be a oh, yes. for me. I mean, yeah, I, like, I do oh. now use Microsoft to do. I love it. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a integration via hacks uh, that you can put in repetitive tasks at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I use to, uh, to get uh, tasks to clean every uh, filter for the air conditionings in the rooms. Right. Yep. Um, and I think if we get a lot further in with the to do's in home assistant, then uh, I only have to give housekeeping, uh, home assistant as an app and they can see, uh, what tasks mm. they have to do and uh, for maintenance as well. And if I get the integration to work with their PMS, then home assistant is the only thing these guys would need. That would be amazing for me. Wow. Yeah, that's cool. So yeah, so home assistant could control, okay, this room was checked out today Add a to-do list for housekeeping to go and, and clean that room. Yeah, and I mean, if then uh, the the task is there uh, because once every two months we clean the aircon filters or stuff like that, yep. then it puts it in their tasks automatically. I think right. Home Assistant could do that. Is there is there like, do you like check off tasks? For example, let's say housekeeping comes in and does like that. Do you use any like um, NFC tags or something where they like tap their phone or or do something like that? Like I know I've seen that being used by like security guards at like hospitals mm. and stuff to say, hey, I've come in, I've looked at this area and they'll go tap the wall, right? Like a little receiver there or whatever. But do you do you do you do that or is there any plans of doing that that kind of thing to automatically say, hey, you know what, like for example, if there's an NFC on the side of an AC unit, you go tap that and say, Okay, yeah, filter's been changed. Like Oh, it would be very interesting. I mean, we don't do that right now, but yeah, you, you're giving me some cool ideas. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, yeah. uh, housekeeping doesn't use a lot of checklists, only for tasks that um, they have to do like once a month or once yeah. every mm. once in a while. And, um, and it's good if, if, if we give them the possibility that it comes up uh, in their daily uh, program. 
I mean, they yeah. now have an app that they only see, all right, uh, this one has departed and this one is arriving today, so we have to clean it. And then yeah. they have uh, papers for uh, long-term tasks. I mean, uh, it's yeah. a bit, they get lost and they sure. forget it's, it. It's hard to keep track wet. of too, right? Especially when it's like, it's not that everybody's coming on the same time and leaving at the same time, right? Or on the exactly. same day. Like you're here for three days. I'm here for five. Phil's here for one. Like, so it, it, it's hard to coordinate those. And you can't just say, okay, today is the 30th. We're going to go through, do these tasks because I mean, there's still people in the rooms. Right? Yeah. It's, uh, I'm wondering if you could even use something uh, like Grossy just to track the chore, like clean well, I tried that, every... but, but you, um, and when I tried it, you weren't able to put it in a, a different uh, view, just specific for that room. Mm. Uh, and I only right. want to see the task if it's uh, when they have to do it right now or in the coming days that um, the room is available for them to do that yeah. task. Yeah, uh, because otherwise they would have a list uh, too big to uh, to, too big, to see yeah. anything. Yeah. Although there is a grossy integration with Hack in Hack, so I'm wondering if you could use Grossy to manage that chore and then have a filter to display it only in Home Assistant when it's due within X number of days or something. Yeah, that would be, be amazing. To uh, I, I'm going. I I have high hopes for the to do integration we have right now. I mean, oh, I yeah, have me built everything um, they need to know. I've put everything in Microsoft to do because yep. mm. we are a uh, Office uh, 365 company. Yep. Yep. Uh, and the Microsoft to do integration will probably get there. And maybe this will work. Let's hope. Let's hope. Yeah. Fair enough. No, I'm, I'm really excited for the to do feature. I think um, yeah, it's, it's got a, a lot of potential just to yeah. change lists around the place. Yeah. Um, do you have like a lot of battery devices at the hotel or is everything wired? I'm just trying to think of battery management. Like how would you manage that? Well, uh, mostly is wired, but the only thing we have uh, that's battery powered, that's the remote control for the television and right. uh, the, the in, uh, in-room safes. But uh, the batteries on these things lasts, last for years yeah. yeah yeah you don't have to worry about replacing those too often yeah it's not like you have to go around replacing window sensors every few months <laughs> no know, or anything like that's that all yeah. Wired in. yeah that's, that's good. good yeah keeps maintenance their jobs easier too right like it's not uh your maintenance staff <laughs> they don't have to run around <laughs> test every time and see what's going on or look at the battery stats and be like okay i gotta run up to room four today because the person's checked out and it's yep batteries low whatever it's just yeah and then you're always too late yeah yeah that's it that's it well yes but thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us um really cool to see that you, you have a, a home assistant powered hotel um really cool so yeah if you're in the netherlands go check it out like sounds fantastic um yeah thank you so much really appreciate you coming on thank you for having me yeah thanks a lot cheers cheers if you want to share your home assistant journey or come on as a guest, reach out to us at feedback at haspodcast.io. That's H-A-S-S podcast.io. The Home Assistant Podcast is hosted by Phil Hawthorne and myself, Rohan Karamandi.
For links to topics we discussed today, check out our show notes on haspodcast.io. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.